John Gambadoro joins us, host of Burns and Gambo in Arizona, uh, out in Phoenix. And, um, <clears throat> hold on, I got something in my throat. I literally, so this is the worst thing. There's literally something in my throat right now, guys. Hold on. We are good. Now we're fine. This is what happens when I eat in the middle of a show. I'm on during dinner time, Gambo. This is just, all right, it's the worst. Uh, so here's the thing. We were just out in Phoenix like a week ago, and first off, it's amazing. Uh, Trista loves yeah. the roads, which is uh, understandable, but the weather's great. Uh, you know, the city's nice. The people are great. So I totally understand why Kevin Durant wanted to go there. But now, on top of that, got yourself a, a new owner and, and a team that's been to the finals a couple years ago. I can imagine right now that the hype, the excitement around this Suns team has got to be just through the roof for you guys. You know, I've been here since 97, so I came just a little bit. When I moved here, Charles Barkley was just on his way out. They had just added a billboard and said, we just added a little rocket fuel because they made the trade with the Rockets for four guys, and Barkley was on his way out. So I don't remember. I was a, you know, I was a New Yorker and uh, grew up with Ewing and the Knicks, made it to the finals a couple times, lost both times. But this is the most excitement by far. Now, there was that era with, you know, Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, seven seconds or less with Mike D'Antoni. That was a great era in Suns basketball, but nothing quite like this. Nothing like it. Gambo. We're, but we're, we call you Gambo, yes? Yeah, Trista, that works. All right, Gambo. I'm curious, since I'm looking through your Twitter timeline, and it feels like you're very, you. very inside. Uh, you gave some insight on the Jay Crowder issue. I, I don't think DeAndre Ayton is now going to be traded with this Kevin Durant move. But in your estimation from what you know, what was the main issue with D.A. to the point where it was possible he would go somewhere else? They didn't want to pay him $30 million a year. They didn't want to pay him a max contract. That's why the Suns never signed him to a max deal. They just matched the offer sheet from Indiana because they didn't want to lose him for nothing. But they, they didn't believe in the philosophy of paying a center, unless it's Embiid or Jokic, $30 million a year. And so they were very reluctant to do it. Now, it's... And the other thing was that I reported this the day the KD asked for a trade over the summer. I reported that the Nets had no interest in DeAndre Ayton. That was the you know that was the key at that point to try to get a deal done for Kevin Durant uh, was to try to include DA. But the Nets had no interest in DA. The Jazz had a little bit of interest. I spoke with Utah you know over the summer a couple times and they had some interest in DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Indiana liked him, but they were trying to do a Miles Turner sign-and-trade deal, which the Suns had no interest in. So I think the real thing with D.A. was simply just they just their philosophy of paying a – they want to pay a set of $10 million, $12 million, not $30 million. Do you think that that's different now that Ishbia is the owner versus Robert Sarver? Do you think that philosophy changes at all? You know, I think that as long as James Jones and Monty are here, that was the philosophy with them. You know, I mean, they – Look, look, Jay's not here because Monty didn't want him. Monty didn't want Jay here. That's why Jay wasn't even around the team, you know, because Monty thought he was too difficult to handle, too too difficult to manage. So, um, yeah, when I reported that, that, nobody really knew the inside information, but Monty called him over the summer and told him that he wasn't going to start, and then Jay was kind of like, well, you know, I've, I'm, I'm okay with that, but let's do a contract extension, and then if we didn't want to do a contract extension, he was like, okay, let's trade me, and then you know, obviously they waited until you know just a you know couple a week ago to make the trade that he was included in that deal with the Nets, and then obviously he went to Milwaukee. But yeah, Monty just Monty just had a hard time; thought he was too difficult to manage, and didn't want him around. 
I, I'm I'm chalky, so I'm taking the Suns to win it all now that they have uh, Kevin Durant and, and Devin on. Booker. I want to know what your thoughts are on a possible now that uh, Kevin Love's going to be available. What do you think about a potential fit, Kevin Love, uh, with the Suns? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. They've got to make a decision after tonight's game on Ish Wainwright because he's on a two-way contract and this is his last game before they even had to let him go or guarantee him a contract through the rest of the year. My gut feeling is that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep Ish because he's a good team player. He embodies what James Jones likes, hard defensive player. You know, that Kevin Love's intriguing just because of the, you know, the James Jones knows him, played with him and everything. I don't think he's a real fit here. To be honest with you, most buyout guys are not a good fit anywhere. The Suns did add Terrence Ross. I, I, I can't. I haven't been able to rule that one out yet, but I think it'd be. I would doubt it because I think that they like what Ish Wainwright brings to the table. What do you think of Mikael Bridges and what he's been doing with the Nets? I guess he was kind of doing it in Phoenix before he got traded, but I mean, he put up forty-five last night. He's a great player, guys. He's a great player, and and the Nets fans have. You know, they got all the first-round picks and then the pick swap, and they got two really good basketball players in Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. The people that, that, that don't follow the Suns and don't really know enough about Mikael, they're going to be blown away in Brooklyn when they realize how good he is. Now, he's had to step up this year and become a little bit more of a scorer because, you know, Booker was out, Paul was out. They've had so many injuries, so he had to pick up some of the scoring load. But even going back to his days in Villanova, they didn't play with – he didn't need to be a scorer. They had, like, four different guys that scored the basketball. And then when he got here, he was a defensive specialist. But he can score. Slash into the basket, three-pointers. If you need him to score, he will score. Now, he's not going to be like that on a regular basis. But he can be a number one scorer at times, a number two scorer for a team. Because this year with the Suns, with all the injuries they had, he really had to step up his game and put the ball in the basket to help them win some games. Gamble, I, I listened to this interview from Cam Johnson after he got to Brooklyn, and I kind of knew this ahead of time. It doesn't seem like he really likes Brooklyn or New York as a city. And before the trade went down, even last year, I was told by some people who know Cam that he certainly wasn't going to want to re-sign uh, there if he was to be traded. Uh, do you think there's a possibility in restricted free agents uh, agency this summer that the Suns will try to reacquire? No, and and the reason why, Tristan, because add up the salaries. Booker's a super max. KD's a super max. DA's a max. They didn't re-sign Cam Johnson when they could have this past offseason. They couldn't mm -hmm. come to an agreement. One of the reasons why, and Cam's a very good player. He's not as you know, he's not like McHale, but he's a very good player. He's a terrific shooter, a really good shooter with size. And he's better defensively than people give him credit for. But he's had some injuries. Each year he gets injured and misses games. And that was a factor as to why the Suns were not able to come to a contract agreement with him. But the reason why I would say no, that the Suns would not sign him in restricted free agency, Matt Ishbia or not, when you add up the salaries of their top four players, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, that's you're over the cap with those four guys. Just those four guys you're over the cap. And now if you add another player at $20, $25 million, you're going to end up paying – if they signed Cam Johnson for $25 million, they'd be paying $75 million because of how far over the luxury tax they would be. So the math just doesn't make any sense for them to sign him as a restricted free agent because 
you know, a sign and trade if they were given something back, sure, but that's that's very unlikely to happen. Doesn't some of CP3's salary come off, though, which would make it a little bit easier? Half, half is guaranteed, half. So they've got to pay him $15 million no matter what. Now, if they let him go, they're still paying him $15 million. If they keep him, they're paying thirty. It's likely they keep him. There isn't a point guard on the roster right now that could take his place. Right. So campaign's been hurt all year. So I would think that unless Chris completely falls apart in the playoffs, gets hurt again, you know, maybe they feel like, okay, we'll pay. they, they got to pay him 15 no matter what. But if they keep him, it's 30. Hmm. And Durant's at 50-something. And Booker's a supermax. And the A's, they're... There's just no way. You've got four guys that are four guys that take you over the cap already. They're going to fill this roster yeah. with a bunch of veteran minimum guys because of how top heavy they are. Moving over to the NFL, I was listening to the presser, the Jonathan Gannon presser. Guy has just a tremendous amount of energy. What are your thoughts on the hire, though, especially working with Kyler, where everybody's looking for these young, offensive minded head coaches like McVay and Shanahan, LaFleur? What are your thoughts on bringing in a defensive minded guy? I didn't mind bringing in a defensive-minded guy. They've got a lot of inventory on the defense. They first-round picks in Isaiah Simmons and uh, Zayvon Collins. They've got a great player in Buda Baker. I don't mind that he's a defensive guy. I was hoping for an experienced coach. They, they had Vance Joseph there, which I didn't want Vance. But Brian Flores, I thought, would have been a good coach. They did interview Sean Payton. This is the third cycle where they have gone with a coach that had no prior head coaching experience. Cliff Kingsbury didn't have any, and Steve Wilkes didn't have any. But I think we got to you know, got to give this guy a shot see what he could do none of us really know if he's you know is he if he's going to be the first coach fired or the last coach fired he, he good press conference today i wish that they wouldn't have called kyler elite now michael bidwell talked about you know we brought him in here to work with our elite quarterback and he said it's great to come in and have a franchise elite quarterback kyler murray's not an elite quarterback <laughs> he is not i i, I wish they would have said uh, we hope we can get him to that level we hope we could do because they got to stop catering to kyler murray He's got all the talent in the world, but he's not there yet. He's not a top ten quarterback in this league, and they but they treat him like he is because they gave him that contract. I think that they, I wish that they would have taken a little bit of a different approach. But I I liked Gannon's philosophy. He's got these four pillars where he wants to talk about violence, talk about being explosive and smart and adaptable. And I got to be honest with you guys, I like the. I like the violence part the most. The, yeah, the me Cardinals too. Won one, they, they won one home game last year. They Gambo. won one home game. I'm a Packer they fan. Got, I would kill for that. I got Joe Barry. Have you ever seen that guy? He, you want to know who was the defensive coordinator for the 0-16 Lions years ago? My defensive coordinator. I would kill for Jonathan Gannon's energy. Uh, yeah, look at the Lions now, right? I mean, they're a team on the rise. they got the right coach. they got the right philosophy. But this Cardinal team, they couldn't win a home game. They won one home game all year. They, the fans are paid all this money, and they can't win at home. So the violence part, they need to be physical. They need to. This needs to be a tougher place to play. They got to make it difficult on teams. So I like that he's going to bring the hammer, have a physical aspect, a violent aspect, because they got to make it hard for teams to come into State Farm Stadium and win a football game. Talking to John Gambadoro, Arizona Sports 98.7 in Phoenix. Luckily, I got the, uh, the the almond out of my throat here, so I can finally speak again. Uh, you, you mentioned Kyler Murray. There, there's a lot said, obviously, about. Uh, way he is as a player and then there was a ton made about you know the, the study clause and all that we got about two minutes left so i want to make sure i get this in with you what what yeah. you're close to it like what is it what's really going on with kyler murray from what you hear in terms of like his maturity his leadership is it as i guess as as bad as it's sort of portrayed outside of of there in like the national media 
First of all, as a longtime talk show host, you don't need any type of cashews, I know, bombings, I know, I know. peanuts. Yeah. Tell them. Tell them what's up, Gambo. Mushrooms. Well, see, Trista's saying this, but she didn't put her phone on silent. Her phone just went off, so don't let her because she's being a hypocrite. Did you hear it, though? Did you hear yes. it, Gambo? You yeah, didn't we heard hear it. it. Yeah, we heard it. You broke the rules, too, but yes. Listen, all of these plays, here's the thing with Kyler. You know how they, you know how they knew that they needed to put that clause in the contract, but eventually got taken out? Because every player gets an iPad. Tom Brady used to get an iPad. Everybody gets an iPad, and these teams... They know how long you're spending on the iPad studying film. And the reality was, Kyler wasn't spending a whole heck of a lot of time looking at the iPad. So that's why Michael Bidwell decided to put that clause in the contract. It backfired on him because people found out about it. He pulled it. But the difference is that, you know, Michael Bidwell, the owner, had a really great relationship with Larry Fitzgerald. They could go to lunch. They could go to dinner. They were friends. And Michael doesn't have that relationship with Kyler. So um, I think there was, you know, I think Michael was very reluctant to give him that contract. But his GM and his coach told him to do it, so he went ahead and did it, and he tried to put that clause in the contract, and it backfired on him. Gambo, if you had to describe Kyler Murray's de- demeanor as an NFL pro quarterback in a word, what would it be? You know, it, it changes from it changes from week to week. He's had that, you know, he, he went after Cliff with, uh, you know, calm the blank down. He did the same thing with Hopkins. He just... You know, he seems a little entitled. He definitely seems a little entitled. And the biggest question here is, does he want to be great or not? I mean, his talent has gotten him this far. But the question we all have is, does he does he truly want to be a great quarterback? Because if he does, he's got to take everything to another level. And I think we're hoping that Jonathan Gannon and, and whoever he hires to be the offensive coordinator can get that out of him. He's John Gambadoro. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Enjoyed it. Thank uh, you. That was great. No more almonds. No uh, yeah, I learned my Tell lesson. Him. Learned Tell my lesson. Up. Well, there you go. I got two other people to help me with that. Yeah, I learned how to walk out of the studio. I was like, I'm going to cough this out. It was, it was really bad. It was right when I'm trying to talk. There you go. Scott Happens knew it. He turned off the mic. He goes, go, get out. Happens to the get best of us, you know?